Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered, The Blast. Hope you're enjoying the podcast and the holiday season too. From the Parramatta Eels, Hooker Reed Marnie has joined us. Mate, what is the Boxing Day plans for you? Are you a test cricket type of guy? Do you watch the Sydney to Hobart? Are you lumped in the pool or are you just horizontal on the lounge after pigging out all day Christmas Day? Uh, yeah, Boxing Day is uh, oh, a pretty big day for me actually. Um, obviously, I um, live away from home, so going up home for Chrissy is uh, pretty exciting for me, mates. That I haven't seen for a while, so um, one of my mates has been texting me the last three months, going, "I can't wait for Boxing Day." So um, we usually we usually head to the pub uh, pretty early and um, have a few beers and, and watch the cricket and have a few have a few bets and um, just really enjoy the day, especially after Christmas and. Um, yeah, so it's a pretty fun and exciting day for me. Have a few beers and um, yeah, try and um, pick some donkeys. Yes, mate, that sounds about <laughs> the perfect day. I might be joining you. Looking back yeah. on 2020, made a different and difficult year for a lot of people. It was very different. How do you look back on the year? Because you're only a young fella living in Sydney, family up here. Your professional career was interrupted by nine or ten weeks. I mean, it was weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's very odd. Um, I don't really know um, how to describe it. Really, it was um, just this part of the. Obviously, everyone was going through it, and yep. I think we were. We flew into the Gold Coast um, on the Sunday night because it was the last game of that of that of round two, and obviously we had a we had a little bit of speculation that there possibly after our game that was it. Um, there was not going to be any more footy, so we obviously uh, just. And I went there and played, and then um, I think before the time we even got home, um, they already they called all off the games. Um, I think it was maybe it was even the Monday morning, um, but it wasn't anything. Twenty four hours after the game, um, the season was suspended, and um, yeah, it was just it was odd. And for myself as well, I actually in that game I actually broke my foot, so I was just before half time, and um, I just just went to go pick up the ball. I, I just a dead ball on the ground. Jumped over one of the boys' legs because it was on the ground and um, just landed on my foot wrong. Um, just thought I was being a bit of a cat on the <laughs> ground. Just thought I had a big of a limp. So I'm trying to run down the sideline and, um, yeah, broke my foot. And But um, after that, I sort of thought, well, I guess, fuck it. There it is. Our season's gone. Um, and then within a few hours, they suspended the game for, what, 10 weeks, I think it was. Yeah. So. And that was my duration of my injury, so I actually couldn't believe it. So, um, yeah, but it was it was very difficult, mate. I think to even, you know, for one, um, there was obviously huge pay cuts for the for the whole NRL, yep. and for someone like myself who wasn't on the biggest money, and um, you know, I was a bit better off than some other boys. Um, they had to take a large pay cut, um, kind of hurt a bit. So, um, but yeah, uh, again, we we got through it and. Um, luckily, I have um, you know, good people around me down here and help me out. And I know that was, that was like a, many people um, moving back with their parents and stuff like that to, you know, try and save some more money and yep. all that. But um, you know, I think for the club as well is, you know, we got told we couldn't even go into training. So, and you know, the boys are straight into the 
you know, into the gym and in the morning grabbing all the equipment. And it's just something you just couldn't believe that you couldn't. We had to go to our training where we'd go every day to grab equipment because we weren't actually allowed to go and train together. Yeah. And you weren't allowed to travel over a certain kilometres. And, oh, mate, it was just something you wouldn't read about. 2020 was only your second full year of top grade. You're a young fella, still very much learning his craft. What did you learn about your footy this year? Uh, yeah, actually, I learned a lot this year. Um, you know, probably the, the start of my year, I thought I started really well at the start of the year. And, um, you know, sort of the midsection of my year, I sort of dropped off about. I don't really know um, what went wrong uh, for myself. I know we weren't winning too many games. That period, we, sort of, we did a bit of a... I mean, not downhill, but we were just winning games and we yeah. were uh, probably we lost two games against some pretty average teams uh, along the way. Um, we, had, we had such a great full seat tied there. Um, myself, you know, everyone probably wasn't at their best form. And I myself, I learned a lot of things of just, um, you know, making sure I'm getting myself ready every week, which I do and stuff like that. So um, it's just sort of just more consistency and probably yeah. being more mature approach to my football and things like that. So that's something that, um, you know, this preseason I'm working really hard on. Mate, what have you found the most difficult part of becoming a regular first grader? Being able to perform, you know, at least an 8 out of 10 every week. Um, obviously, you know, you have your bad days and you have your good days, but, you know, being consistently a 7 out of 10 every week and for myself at my position, you know, I, I'd pass the ball the most make the most tackles, so I make want to make sure that I'm an 8 out of 10 every game, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, dealing with them side of things, but then at the same time as, um, you know, could playing 25 rounds straight, yep. um, you know, I think, but what was it this year? We didn't get a bye, so yeah. I think people don't, un, they underestimate a bye week, like you just, and just how nice a few of the is. boys are saying, yeah. it's just, you get a bye week, you play, and then you've sort of nearly got two weeks to recover. Yeah. And usually, you know, if we at apparel, they give us a, you know a few days more off and let ourselves get away from footy and stuff like that. But obviously, one with COVID, um, you know, they were trying to jam games in, and then yep. two, you couldn't re- we couldn't really do anything. To me, you look like a very natural footy player. You like playing eyes up. You're willing to take a chance. How much of what we see is coached, and how much of it is decided? Right at that moment, you run into dummy half, you're looking at the defensive line, and something inside you says, I should go for this, even though BA's game plan is to do this. or am to rip my head off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how much How much is coached? How much is just let's do this? Um, oh, I think there's a bit of sort of in the middle, I sort yep. of think. I think, um, you know, for Brad, it's, you know, we have our structures of what how we want to play the footy and, from this sort of field position and what we want to achieve. But, you know, for myself, Mitch and Dylan Guff, it's we see something, we take it. Mm. Um, we might we might be wrong, um, but then we'll have to explain ourselves, you know, uh, in a few days at, at, at training. But yep. um, I think, you know, we have our structures and all that around us, but we see something, the boy, we just play up lib footy and um, you just back yourself really. And, um, you know, I feel myself and Dylan and Mitch – yeah, so we're all starting. We started to build at the back end of the year a few more combinations, and um, probably something we lacked that mid section of the year. So I think it's just sort of being indecisive, and you're going to get it wrong. It's it's you can't win a play a football game and not get something wrong. Yeah. So it's just sort of 
you learn, I think, experience, you learn along the way of when to do things and, you know, I mean, how, if that makes sense. Um, just the when and where sort of part you, you got to get right, I guess. And that's when we go back to that, you know, seven out of ten yep. um, sort of football. I want to ask you about a couple of your teammates, and even though they look nothing alike, the Brown brothers, uh, Dylan and his <laughs> ugly, chubby older brother, uh, Nathan. Mate, Dylan's progression's been great, hasn't it? We we sort of saw him start to come of age this year. Yeah, he's uh, yeah he's he was very good this year. He's probably one of our best. Um, you know, besides the you know most of the Origin boys that are playing, and he was well up there. He just. Yep. He just plays. He's just got this unique football. It's it's just odd. It's just he just doesn't look like he has a care in the world, but he just has yeah. so much time with the ball. He's just such a smart footballer, and his skill was very very uh, high. And then one other thing is he's competitive as hell. You see him many times uh, run down the people that have made line breaks yep. and stuff like that. But his football is just going to a whole next level. And um, you know, looking on the last 20, 2020 season, uh, I think Dill. From what I've seen at training and stuff like that lately, is his twenty twenty one is going to be huge. And wow. um, yeah, I, I, me and Brad was saying today that you know he just looks like everything's just so easy for him. He's he's as fit, he's the fittest and the strongest at the moment. He's he's going really well. So I think his progression's only going to get better. So what about Nathan, mate? Is he um, the enthusiasm and the kick up the ass everyone needs when? You're on the back foot. You're struggling to get out of, uh, you know, your backfield. And in comes Brownie off the back fence. Is he the one that gets you going? <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, me and Brownie have a pretty good relationship um, off the field. So, you know, when we go to training and uh, in the games, we're pretty honest with each other. And sometimes it's it's pretty brutal. But as soon as we walk back over the line, give each other a hug and we speak about it and stuff like that. But he, he is the that sort of guy where... You know, where it's very, you know, back-to-back footy, it's not much really happening, and both teams are trying to trying to win that field battle. And then Brownie just comes from from uh, Granville, yeah, doesn't lining he? Lining up from the back from the back fence, and you know, I, I sit it off the ten meter line off a dropout, and you see Brownie coming from the back fence, and I just start laughing, and <laughs> it's it's actually so good to watch because he just comes off the back fence, and you know, he he gets, you know, probably most of the time he gets absolutely fucking smashed, yeah. And he just gets back up, and he just brings that energy. And then he just—it's just a spark he has. It's just hard. To, you just, you just, you just want to do it for him. Yep. You know what I mean? He starts it, and everyone just jumps off the back. And I think that's why he's such an influential player in our team. He just does them sort of things, and it's—you can see when he plays, it's not just one every six, seven weeks. It's you know he does it every single week, and um, yeah, he's very influential for our team, especially our forward pack. Mate, the off-season, you've been copping a flogging for the last couple of weeks. You're going to take a break now over, you know, a very short holiday period, but then you rejoin the club early January and, and straight back into it, really. Yeah, I think it's only about six or seven weeks um, until we start, you know, the, the trials and stuff like that after after Christmas. Mm. So I'm pretty lucky that um, we've only had three weeks before Christmas. Um, it's felt like a lot longer, but yeah. <laughs> it's... Um, yeah, it's it's exciting because I think um, as our club we we were so close but yet so far. I think in a way, um, yep. I don't think it was our physicalness. I don't think it was our competitiveness. It was more our football that let us down in the back end of yep. the semi final. We're winning both games at half time, you know, especially in the Melbourne one. We had them twelve nil 
with five minutes to go and they scored two tries um, just before half time. The momentum's hard to stop, especially a team like Melbourne. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we learn a lot from that and they sort of blew out the game sort of blew out a bit and and then once again the Rabbitohs, we had them eighteen eighteen eight or eighteen six yeah. or something um half time and you know if you want to win the comp that 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 margin should probably win you that game. Um so we I think as a group, the coaches, the players that were played that night um or last year, we learned a lot of lessons and um that's something that we're gonna really work hard on uh, when everyone's back and I think we'll be better for it, you know, for the following year. It's a really long off-season when you lose your last two. I thought that was an absolutely wonderful assessment of what went wrong and what needed to change. Thanks for dropping in, Reid Marnie. Enjoy your Boxing Day, your beers, the test cricket, your mates in the pub, and we'll chat soon, buddy. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work, maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week.